All right, so I'm sitting here with the amazing, wonderful actor slash producer, Al Thompson. Holler. Al, uh, welcome to the show. Thank um, you. Thank you for having me. I'm going to throw this into probably a little bit into my iRoz app and certainly to my big audience for Everything Acting Podcast. Okay. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And on the show, what we aim to do is inform, inspire, and demystify the actor's journey. Okay. And why don't you tell me about your um, experience with the Royal Tenenbaums? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty phenomenal just being able to work with uh, such a awesome director as Wes Anderson and also to be part of an all-star cast when you have Angelica Houston, Danny Glover, whose son I played in the film, Bill Murray, Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson. You know, it was just pretty crazy. So that, for me, was a great experience in my career to, uh, you know, work with a cast and a director at that caliber and being able to perform on the same level. Now, since um, the Royal Tenenbaums, you've been able to really keep your career afloat by um, continuing to book high-profile work, but also you've created your own work. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, because um, it's one of the things that I really wanted you to talk about on the show, because we're always encouraging actors to find a way to make their own work. So how did you come to make your own work? Well, a lot of it really came out of the aspect of I had been acting for quite some time and I developed all these relationships and you know I would stay in touch with people whether it was a cinematographer on a major film or a director on a NYU or Columbia film or a sound guy that was just really cool and we we hung out at the rap party of whatever production so over time I developed this you know large group of relationships that turned into a network of people. So with the combination of myself being an actor, you go to audition, you see all the people who are auditioning for the various roles, and you see all the people who are auditioning for the same role as you. So, you know, in the in the aspect with, you know, the fellas, I know it's a little different sometimes for the ladies in the audition lobby, but, you know, the fellas are cool as ice. We're just like, hey, what's going on? You know, we talk, we chat. And after five years of doing that, you develop genuine friendships and relationships with a lot of actors. And, you know, at some point you guys are going on double dates with girls. Next thing you know, <laughs> your, your buddy is, like, engaged. Next thing you know, he's asking you to be in his wedding. And next thing you know, you're the godfather of his parents. So, <laughs> Of his parents. <laughs> I mean, of his, of his kids. You're god, godfather of his kids. But you... All in a nutshell, you develop genuine friendships and relationships. And my thing was, I knew all of these talented people behind the scenes and in front of the camera for years, but we weren't working together. And we didn't have opportunities to work together, and we were all talented. And that part really didn't make sense to me. So I knew at some point these relationships that now formed into a network of people that I knew, I knew that... I would have to activate that network at some point. And for me, I didn't really want to do a feature film. I, you know, a lot of friends independently do that, and it takes a lot of energy, a lot of time, money, you know, sometimes two to four years to tell one particular story. So mm -hmm. I really didn't want to do that. 
then, you know, I had already done and been a part of so many short films um, that, you know, been everywhere from South by Southwest to Sundance, et cetera. So I really was trying to figure out what could I do that I was excited about and interested in and something that could kind of grow my career versus just kind of being a flash or something just for a reel or whatever the case is. So when digital content started to pop up, one of the first um, digital series that I saw was one called uh, We Need Girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And it was these guys out of Hofstra uh, University in Long Island. Mm -hmm. They put the series together. And it was really cool. Somebody sent it to me. Usually I delete the link. And, um, you know, I said, well, let me just check this out. And I watched one, two, three episodes. And I watched the whole season. So I was like, wow, this was really cool. It was like very, you know, homegrown, kind of scrappy, scripted series that was funny. I liked the characters. Everything was engaging. And um, probably maybe two or three months after that, I read an article in uh, com or Variety, and it was like, oh, digital series We Need Girlfriends gets pilot deal with CBS. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Like, you could do that? Like, wait, hold on. What just happened? This little <laughs> scrappy thing I just saw on the Internet that I thought me and only a few people were watching, you know, now has a pilot deal. And then that's when I was really like, you know what? Digital has legs, you know, there is a landscape where you can create something digitally online and it can, and it can come become successful. So, you know, let me go that route. And because the episodes were so short, you know, three to six minutes, I was like, really, how many mistakes can I make with a three-minute piece? How, <laughs> how much money can I waste by accident, you know, yeah. doing that? So that felt like the safer kind of learning ground. And it was something that I, I knew would be expanded on as technology became less expensive as far as cameras, sound equipment, editing, software, et cetera. So that, that was something that really sparked my initial excitement about uh, the digital world and being able to use this network and create my own kind of content. So your first, was Johnny Be Homeless your first series? Yeah, yeah. So Al's first series is called Johnny Be Homeless, and how can we see that? Uh, you can see it on uh, johnnybhomeless.com. We have a couple of episodes up online you can check out. And um, so tell me about what jobs did you do on Johnny Be Homeless? Did you create the story or how did you go about making that? Because we know we're getting to his big series, which is called Linux Avenue. But first, we want to start out with just, that's just a little tease for you guys. We want to start out with the baby steps. So how did you start out with Johnny Be Homeless? Well, Johnny Be Homeless was uh, my creation, executive produced and put it together and it basically, with a lot of stories that, you know, obviously people create, there's a piece of them in it. And what's the interesting part as far as the acting world? Uh, so Johnny B. Homeless is a, a web series about a guy who's a professional couch surfer. So every episode he wakes up on a new couch to a new adventure. And the interesting fact with Johnny B. was... Johnny B, really a percentage of him is me as a, <laughs> as a New York actor mm -hmm. going to Los Angeles for pilot season. So when you go to Los Angeles for pilot season, you can't afford to stay in a hotel for three months. So nine times out of ten, if you have money, maybe you stay in an extended furnished apartment facility or you crash on a bunch of friends' couches. 
So for me, going to L.A. for pilot season, I would crash with, you know, this friend who might be on a TV show that has a guest house. Uh And then I would crash with another friend who maybe was a writer that wasn't doing too well and just really, for some odd reason, enjoyed peeing on the toilet seat and not cleaning up. (laughs) So I would stay in all these various kind of situations. And so I just was like, oh, well, what if there was a show about a guy who this is what he did? And, you know, different situations all the time, different stakes. So that was like the energy behind that series. And that series did really well. Um, So tell us about some of the the awards and accolades that that series got. Yeah, well, uh, the, the interesting thing, you know, a lot of the digital pilot festivals started to appear and so I submitted to a, a few of those, and I got in one, uh, in particular, a really great film festival, uh, New York Television Festival. So I, we, we got accepted, we screened in the festival, and win, ended up winning uh, Best Digital Series. And yeah, with that came a, a People's Choice Award, which is... Yeah, that was that was really awesome. Totally unexpected. I just thought I would get an award for like best theme song, something like that, and I ended up winning the whole thing with my first piece. So that was that was pretty awesome. And A bona fide celebrity. Hey, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So how did that um, sort of change your stature as an actor when you went out for your auditions or did you have to still audition or like how did that affect you? Definitely still had to audition for things but the conversations became a lot different and you know really at that point um, Comedy Central contacted me and they were really interested in the series so we did a licensing deal with them and um, then the show had a home, you know, Comedy Central, and they would, you know, promote it via their audience and everything. So that that was really cool to not only create this project, screen in the festival, win the festival, and then, you know, do a deal with Comedy Central your first time out. So, But again, like with a lot of this stuff, I knew everything and understood everything that was going on. A lot of people, whether actors or sometimes directors, don't really understand like what is going on you know what I mean what do you recommend for um, actors and directors who want to create their own work what should they do so that they can um, understand what's going on what do you recommend a lot of it is just you know diving into the situation and doing your research and understanding like all the the things that you are submitting to all the people and individuals you're interacting with a lot of people don't really uh, do that, which is, it's kind of weird and interesting at the same time, especially, you know, one of the things, anytime I would work on a project or a set, whether I was a background performer or a day player, I would always get a call sheet, even Mm -hmm. if I, even if I wasn't given one and I was an extra, you know, there's always one laying around or somewhere or something and just, you know, see who's working on the production. Now right. with your phone, you could just Google or IMDb everybody on the set, you know, and kind of know uh, who's a part of the project. But, you know, a lot of it is just that awareness. You know, a lot of actors, they just get an audition, they book a part, and they just show up. But they don't, you know, really do that research overall. Even on a company who's making the movie. Like, mm-hmm. what movies did they make before they made this one that you're doing, and, you know, maybe you find out they have stuff in development, 
and you may fit like the type of project that they're doing and you're already on the set working with them right now. So, I don't know, I guess part of me wants to ask about the celebrity route. Did you start getting recognized and more invitations and what were some of the swag or perks that you got from this from from creating your own work and getting all this recognition? Uh, I think a lot of it was really from the media and the press, which was kind of cool, um, and just, you know, meeting the Comedy Central staff and the executives that, you know, now you're in a position basically as an employer, mm-hmm. you know, so people talk to you differently, people, you know, address you differently, and it's a great feeling versus kind of being an actor with people are like oh that's great yeah just give me a headshot don't call us and don't stop by and (laughs) no you can't have my email when it it switches to casting directors are like oh what's your next project here's my card let me know if you need a casting director or here's my cell Mm -hmm. Uh, let's go to lunch all this stuff and you're like oh before I couldn't even (laughs) I wasn't even allowed to drop a headshot off in the office but now I have the home number the cell phone number (laughs) the backup number so it's an interesting aspect of your position changing in the business and people kind of recognizing you know your grind and your hustle and what you're bringing to the table Mm -hmm. And, and that was great and then with the media like just being able to, you know, do interviews for, like, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, you know, TV Guide. Some stuff mm-hmm. was on camera. Like, TV Guide was on camera, which was good. And, you know, just that kind of extension of people kind of interested in what you're doing and your story and your project. So that that was a really good feeling. They're more interested in that than me as an actor. Well, then what happened? So um, you continue to work as an actor, continue mm-hmm. to book as an actor, mm-hmm. but then you let's get to um, Lennox Avenue. How did that come about? That is your your current web series, and um, it's off and running. It looks great. Thank I you. love the show. Thank you. It's so sexy and um, interesting, and everyone's talking about it. So tell me how you got started with Lennox Avenue. So... The interesting fact with that is I had done so many short films with uh, NYU grad, undergrad students and mm-hmm. uh, Columbia students, and some of these projects would become really successful in getting these great festivals, but a lot of times the filmmakers would not have another project or they would not be basically prepared for success. You know, and it's like, well, you create this thing. It's kind of like whatever you you want it to do well, of course. But what really happens if it blows up? What really happens if people go like bananas over what you created? And they want to know what else you have. What are you doing next? Do you have anything else we can read or that you want to shoot? And a lot of these filmmakers would not be prepared for that. And I would notice that along my journeys with them as the talent. So with that being said, with Johnny Be Homeless, once I finished that, I had automatically created Lennox Avenue. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I had that on paper and everything ready to go because I didn't want to be caught without having not only another project, but because, you know, I'm an actor, producer, I didn't want to be also caught and stuck in the comedy lane because of the success of Johnny Be Homeless. So I didn't want to be known as... Oh, Al Thompson, the comedy guy, or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is. Because as actors and artists, we're capable of doing a lot of different things. So 
definitely that's why I made Lennox Avenue as a drama totally separate in a total different world and um, I developed that right after uh, Johnny B. Homeless became successful. Mm-hmm. And um, how's the feedback been for Lennox Avenue? It's been great. Like, you know, the we, we really took the time out to kind of build a buzz and also really do the festival circuit with the project and mm-hmm. raise the awareness about the project. Before it was released, we, we created a trailer for it, put the trailer online, People really responded to that and really enjoyed that. And once we launched it, like, everybody was really excited. We created a couple of physical events around the launch of the series. And now we're just kind of, you know, rolling along. It's the, you know, there's so, you know, online there's such a big audience of people who are looking for content. So it's about connecting those people to your content and continuing to grow and communicate with them and, and feed them the episode. So people have really, you know, been excited about it. They've really been excited about the diversity, this excited about the maturity of the series and, and just like the grown and sexy aspect of it, but also the aspect of being able to see, you know, mature men who are kind of doing their thing and living in the generation that, that we live in now that not only represents us but looks like us. And they all have good credit, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels so modern. Why don't you tell the audience what it's about? Do you have, a, like, a log line or a little yeah, synopsis? Yeah, okay. so Lennox Avenue is a, a dramatic series that follows three friends who are living and functioning in a new Harlem. And they're basically all in different stages of their relationships and trying to figure out the next steps in their lives. To me, it seems like um, sex in the city, but it's men in Harlem. Right. Um, but even more, even more current than sex in the city, because it's right now. It feels exactly like 2013, and it's a little better than life. So I really love watching it. I appreciate that. Um, so one more question. I, um, Al's not feeling well, and I just can't stand to torture him. Nah, that's all good. <laughs> Get it in. The people want to know what's going down. They do. So tell us about, now we've heard about all your success. Tell us about how, um, how did you get trained and how do you keep your training up as an actor? Yeah, well, I started out uh, studying at a lot of independent schools. Um, like for commercials and stuff like that, I studied at Weiss Barron, which was awesome. I really, uh, I really enjoyed uh, studying at that school, particularly for commercials. And then for film and television, uh, the school is no longer open, but I studied at a school called New York Performance Works that oh. was uh, downtown off Chamber Street. And uh, Richard Scanlon, a couple of other teachers there were really awesome. And, you know, now I'm at a point in my career that a lot of it will just pretty much be private. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I study in New York with a, a teacher who's also a casting director, uh, Danny Super. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's pretty awesome. And then in Los Angeles, um, if uh, I'll do privates with actually with Vanessa Bell Calloway, who's mm-hmm. really awesome. That's great. Yeah. So you know, you get to that stage in your career, you've been doing it long enough, but you still got to keep the scissors sharp, and you still got to make sure you're on your A game. And then when you have specific stuff that come up, you can, you know, do your private sessions to prepare you, and even, you know, when you actually book the job to prepare you for that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I have listeners from all over the world, especially on the podcast, and every the most common question is, is how do I break in? How do I get started? Um, what can you offer our listeners on that? Um, I'm sure you must get that question a lot everywhere you go. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of actors have this mindset of, you know, wanting to be with this agency, this manager, the CAAs, the William Morris Endeavors, and all of these places. But I think at the end of the day, all of those things will fall into place if you become your own agent and manager first. A lot of people don't represent themselves first, but want Mm -hmm. representation. And what do I mean by that? really understanding, you know, your hustle and your grind in this industry. And it's more than just, you know, emailing a headshot and emailing a resume. It's really about connecting with people and connecting with, um, you know, people that can hire you. But you need to have that understanding of the business. And I think the easiest comparison, you know, if you're a college football player and you want to go to the NFL, you need to know, what teams, you know, if you're a wide receiver, what teams need a wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, well, who who is the director of player personnel on this particular team? Or mm-hmm. who are the combine ca- scouting coaches for this particular team? Who's the wide receiver coaches for these particular teams? You need to know and understand the game and the players from all angles. And what really works at the end of the day is when you start to have those conversations with agents and managers and you can understand the playing field that they're involved with every day on the phone, casting directors, etc. they will respect you and really respect your hustle of just trying to understand what they do and the landscape of it all versus just auditioning and technique and all of this other stuff. So it's really... Represent yourself first, understand the landscape and the playing field, and all that stuff will come into play. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have moments where you don't have an agent. You're going to have moments when you do. You're going to have moments when you have a shitty agent. (laughs) But if you know how to represent yourself, at the end of the day, you'll always win. So, Al, um, everyone has a spark story, Mm -hmm. a way that you know that you were supposed to be an artist. Right. Um, What happened for you? How did you know? I mean, did a lightning hit you? Where were you? What happened? Ah, that's interesting. Um, To be an artist. I mean, an actor, whatever. Like, how did it hit you? Um, Where are you from? I'm from Harlem. So, in Harlem. You're sitting in Harlem. Little boy Al Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) A lot. I mean, for me, it was just kind of like a happy accident. It was just something that my friends were kind of into. I wasn't into... It at all, and in school there was a production, and they were like, you should be in it. And I was like, nah, I don't know how you memorize all that stuff. I'm good on that. And they were like, well, there's some girls in the in the play. And I was like, mm, okay, some hot little actor ladies, okay. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. Then they were, I was like, all right, well, what other things can I do? And they were like, you could work with the art department, you could do this. Or you could do lights. And I was like, oh, lights? I was like, nobody can see me, even if I make a mistake. I was like, all right, I could, I could rock with that. So when we did the production, that was like my first experience, like seeing everything happen and watching, you know, the director direct and everything happen. So that was when I was like, you know, I'd really like to try it out. But I still didn't want to, like, be a star. I just wanted to, like, 
maybe get a commercial. You just bite the cheeseburger and smile. That was <laughs> that was pretty much it for me. And uh, you know, I tried out more and more things, and I really started to enjoy it. And and that's how it kind of really progressively uh, went for myself. What do you consider to be your big break? Um, let me think. Uh, that's a good question. Um, like, how did you know you were all in? <laughs> mm, I guess, I don't know, that's a good question. I think once I started to really, you know, make really serious money and work with people that I would see on TV every other day, you know, from Tenenbaums and doing a walk to remember and working with Mandy Moore, I think that prop when and especially when people started flying me places, I was like, okay, this must be real. Like, <laughs> flying me out, put me in a hotel, they really must be interested in me. I think that part was also because I was, you know, just it was still early in the game for me, so it was just like, wow, this is like cool, you know. Well, um, I am thrilled that you have taken time out of your day, even with your terrible headache, <laughs> to come by and to share your story with us. And uh, before I say goodbye to the audience, is there anything else, any other wisdom you can share before we say goodbye? Um, any other pieces of wisdom? I think, I think the biggest thing is just to reiterate, just to, you know, be your own agent and manager first, mm -hmm. you know figure out the landscape, understand everything, whether it's NYU and, you know, you're submitting yourself for student films there or Columbia or just knowing who are the casting directors, who are the players in the system. Knowing that aspect of it will help you out tremendously, and when people know that you understand that, they will also respect you and look at you in a different aspect of just being an actor. And that way you can also separate yourself from others. Well, you certainly have. Um, tell me how my audience can support you. Do you want us to follow you on Twitter? How can we watch Linux Avenue? Yeah. Well, you can you can watch uh, Linux Avenue at linuxabseries.com. You can check out all the episodes there, and you can also sign up for the email list so you can get the episodes early and be kept up to date on live Linux Avenue events or panels that I may be speaking on with the cast and uh, people from the series. And for me, I always love to like keep in touch with um, you know people who are supporting what I'm doing. And that's the great thing about today's day and age, like between Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you can actually hit me up and ask me questions and you know I'll answer them. So my uh, Twitter is at Al Thompson Inc, A-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-I-N-C. And also uh, the same with Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, I love to connect with people, even if people are interested in, you know, being extras or whatever on projects that I'm working on. Or We're always looking for interns. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, for sure, because we're creating so much content. We're always doing stuff in, in the artistic community, whether it's digital panels or whether it's events or things like that. So we, we always love to connect with people, no matter what your passion is, whether you're an actor, you work in the art department, you're a writer, you know, it's all good. This is the great thing about the internet and today's te technology, you can connect with people and there's not this wall of the industry kind of holding you back. So thank you so much for bringing yourself to, to um, my home and to talking to the audience. 
It is just a joy to witness your journey and um, best of luck. Support yes. at Al Thompson Inc. Yes, yes. Thank you, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you learned something new today. Bye.